Welcome to the Hole in the Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. I'm James Groves, and along with my business partner, Bill DeMint, we want to share our journey as small business owners with you. As owners of Hole in the Wall Drywall Repair, we will attempt to peel back the curtain of owning a small business in the trade service industry and talk about the many adventures of owning a small business. Hello, Bill. Hey, James. How's it going today? Really good. So That's you, nice. so you brought a guy along that I met once or twice, uh-huh. but you, you met him in group or yeah, he's part of, of my networking group, and uh, he's been my, you were in my group for almost a year. Yep. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's it's cool because he's here because I've known him for a while. Yeah. And I've I've just I've known his business. We actually just did a big purchase with him recently for okay a thing. So well, he's an interesting guy. Yeah. Uh, on his own, but the fact that he's also. Uh, a franchise owner yeah. uh, is really interesting to me yeah. too, and I'm looking forward to digging in. Yeah, you know that always piques our interest. When Absolutely, we have people who have purchased franchises sure. <laughs> as we're on our journey to try and sell as many of those bad boys as possible. Well, I would like to introduce Marcos Calvert Barba from the Glass Guru. Welcome, Marcos. Hey, thank you so much for having me here. Hey, I'm, welcome. I'm it's, glad I only say your nice first name. I never say your last name, so that's good. But we are so glad you're here, and uh, our audience obviously is cheering you on. Um, so you are the owner of a locally owned franchise, The Glass Guru, Yep. right? Um, and so I can't wait to kind of dig in to learn more about you so our audience can learn uh, some of the, the tips and tricks and wins that you've had over the years <laughs> in your story. So why don't you just kind of let us know uh, kind of who you are and how you got here. Sure. Well, uh, it's a long story, but I'll, I'll sum it up in a couple of words, I guess. Um, you got time. I came, yeah, I, uh, I came from Mexico. I was doing a little construction back there just on a side and that's how I became in love with the glass industry there's two things that I think that makes any any area look amazing one is glass and then the other one is lighting mm. and if you put those two together you can make the crappiest place look amazing yeah mm-hmm. um, so uh, when I decided to move here and I had to choose what industry we're going into we've I mean I found out that glass is a very noble business in the sense that not a lot of people do it themselves. You know, mm-hmm. it's a. Uh, there's three things that I found out that a lot of people have to hire to to do. One is electricity, the other one is plumbing, and the other one is glass, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. All of yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's got a certain nobility to the to the business. I never thought of that nobility. It's true. I mean, I might change a light switch. I might change a faucet, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna change the glass. And then right. Exactly. Yeah. And. Um, so it is a it is a more technical uh, business with its pros and also its cons. You know, the the more specialized the business, well, the more difficult it is to get labor, and the more expensive the labor is as well. Well, I always think the glass is dangerous, right? It can be very dangerous. Yes, yeah. sometimes even we get careless because you you know you get so used to handling glass that. Sometimes you you're not even thinking about it when you should be thinking about mm, it. Yeah. But yeah, you can you can get killed very easily by right. handling large pieces of glass. Yeah, yeah. And you're you're dealing with like all kinds of stuff. You do, like you don't do new windows, but you do no. glass replacement. We do glass replacement. Yeah, uh, we're going into storefront more and more. Uh huh. Uh, we're going so, into so trending towards commercial work. Well, we're trying to do yeah get our our, our hands on on different things. Um, but commercial has larger pieces of glass, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah. But we we basically uh, replace glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually have a mutual friend who um, uh, the spouse manages a bar in town, 
and it was on the corner, and someone <laughs> ran into. Well, with one was vandalized, right? Someone threw some right. rocks on it, and, and and broke a bunch of glass. And then Marcos and his team went out, replaced all the glass, and like what a week later, yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Someone ran into. <gasps> Is that right? I didn't he hear about that. Yeah, he oh. had to go back out and do it all over. We went again. to. We went back, and you know, the the bartender, you know, he he had a face. He has his face, and he says. It didn't last us for not even two weeks. Oh, mercy. <laughs> like, so those are big old pieces of glass you had to replace. Yeah. Not once, but twice. Twice. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have a uh, – we, 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 we do really good work at that hole in the wall, but um, we moved someone's table, coffee <laughs> table, had a glass top, and in the process we just chipped the edge of a beveled edge. Oh. And obviously, we're we're the company that honors our work, and so we are replacing it for them. So, of course, we we called Marcos, and Marcos, you know, to the tune of several hundreds of dollars at a discounted rate, still had to help us. So it's not cheap. Glass, the material costs alone are expensive. Yeah. Oh no, and and um, I mean, glass has always been considered. I don't like to use the word cheap, but it's always been accessible. Mm -hmm. For the first time in history. Even I think, oh God, glass is uh, expensive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then again, everything is, but but glass. But I do glass, and then glass is expensive. Um, you know, we used to sell a lot of tabletops. That's one line of business that has gone down for. Again, it, it could be anything you do to glass, whether it's beveling, adding holes, uh, cor you know, not corner notches, whatever you do to glass makes it more expensive, right? Considerably. So if it's just a square tabletop, you you know you might not end up spending more than three four hundred dollars maybe. But if you want it bevel, if you want you know three eighth inch, half inch, with round corners, you're already going to six seven eight hundred dollars mm. a tabletop. Yeah. It's really expensive, and uh, you know sometimes it's more expensive than the table per se. You know so. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a line of business that for his reasons is, is going down on uh, with us. But Well, and it's not like, I mean, listen, we can all go buy a saw at Home Depot and chop our own trim. Right. You, you just can't go and, and bevel an edge with a tool you buy at a local hardware store. Right. This is, not, this is not something that we can do on our own. This is something that you have to hire a professional like you to do. Yep. And not many people do it, right? So, I mean, obviously, you don't do all of it yourself. No. No, and there's actually a couple of things that we have done at factory. Uh, beveling is one of them, for example. And uh, something that a lot of people don't know is that beveling is no longer done in Orlando. I mean, or hardly. So we got to go with vendors that are, you know, two, three hours away mm. in, in order to get uh, the beveled, uh, the beveled glass. So that makes it even more expensive. Then there's other, other features that you might want to add to your tabletop or to your glass that they're not done here in Orlando or that we don't get here in Orlando, so we got to go further out uh, and get different vendors. And uh, like, you, like you were saying, glass nowadays is a, it's a lot more expensive. Mm -hmm. Do you find it to be a very competitive business? I think every business is a competitive business. I'm still looking for the business where there's no competitors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is very competitive. And and like in any other business, you, you got your curve. You got the 20% that are really good competitors. You got the 20% that are really bad competitors, and then you got that 60% who are right in the middle that are just okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're always trying to stay on the 20%, uh, the good ones. Yeah. Good ones, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. We identify with that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting because I'm, 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 I don't know. I personally am thinking through my head, who do I know that does what you do? 
I know one company they used to be only because they were in our neighbor. They were in our neighbor here for a minute. Right. Um, and outside of that, I don't know anyone that does. There's a one company over on Orange Avenue has been, yeah, for many many years. Yeah. Probably yeah, maybe yeah. even a second generation type company. Mm-hmm. To go, kind of go back to where you said it's noble, I really think glass is prestigious. It is kind of a is you, it, it's ornate enough that you can really accent and accentuate a, a room. Yeah. Um, obviously, the more light you let in, the better the room is. People love that. Um, I think that's kind of a neat industry. I never really thought of it that way. When you mentioned that for the first time here, I heard that. I'm like, that's true. Everyone, we use glass a lot. Yeah. Um, I think we take it for granted. Um, yeah. Just like drywall, honestly. People, yeah, it's not something you yeah. see. You see through it. Exactly. You're not yeah. supposed to look... You're not supposed to look at it. You're supposed to look through it. Yeah. So you 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 only notice when there's something to notice. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when it's foggy, when it's cracked, when there's a you know a little I'll tell you what I notice on my home windows it has a a, a green tint to it sometimes, uh-huh. and I know that that's something that they put on the windows during manufacture. Yeah, that's actually, and, and it's, you're going to be seeing a lot more because um, uh, low E is uh, is going to be growing and. Uh, Legislation is going to go towards being more energy efficient. Okay. So we're going to get to that point where all the glass is going to end up being, you know, double panes uh, with low E. Low E is a film that goes on the inside of a double pane glass yep. that reflects the UV rays and okay. keeps your house cool. Mm. So, uh, and even even though it's not intended to be tinted, it is. it does give it a little greenish or bluish look to it. You know? It does, yeah. And um, But that's what keeps your house cool and uh, and does a really good work. Uh, you know, there are certain things that you, you're always questioning yourself. How, I mean, how much of a difference is that going to make against what I'm paying for? I would say low E is, is you, you really want low E in your house. Yeah. It's about 30 more, 30% more expensive than just a regular glass, but does make a big difference. Yeah. You know? In your, in your electric bill. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and even just, just by being in a room where there's no low E and being in one where, where there is, mm-hmm. or when we've replaced uh, all the glass in a room f- from uh, being without low E to with low E, the difference is brutal. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some all kinds of new technologies. I mean, you also do like shower enclosures and stuff. We do shower enclosures. Uh Shower enclosures is, is is a complicated. That's probably the line of business where we get the most go backs to. Yeah, it's uh, it's a tricky one. Number one, showers are expensive. You know, because we do frameless showers, we hardly ever sell framed showers because we can't compete with with the big companies like Lowe's or Home Depot where they already okay. sell them. So we try to focus more on the on the uh, frameless showers. What's the difference? Well, number one, glass is flexible. Glass wobbles. The larger the piece, the more it wobbles, of, of course. course. Yeah. So the larger it is, the thicker you want to go with the glass because uh, it'll wobble less. So mm-hmm. the larger it is. So, you know, for, for frameless showers, you go with anything above three-eighths of an inch. So it's three eighths or half inch. Okay. Yeah, wow, that's, that's a that's a big heavy yes. piece of glass. It's a it? very heavy piece of glass, but it wobbles less. Mm. That's actually called the deflection of glass. Okay. But when you're installing a frameless shower, a couple of things that customers should know is number one, you might not get a seal tight shower. Number two, if the walls or the or the floor where it's going to be sitting, if it's not perfectly level 
and no wall, or you know, there's no yeah. perfect level wall in the world. Not even in Buckingham yeah, we, Palace. We, we know a thing or two about walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even in Buckingham Palace. But any any imperfection, you will see, you will notice because okay. glass is cut straight. Yeah. So when you put a straight, you know, a straight line against an unstraight line, yeah, you'll it emphasizes those the flaw. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then, so that's where we, uh, I mean, we, we conceal it with silicone, of course. But you'll notice that. So mm. the larger the imperfection, the more you're going to notice. And uh, But there's some technology in that glass. Like, you know, my house was built before this technology, so I have to squeegee oh, my yeah. my glass shower. Yeah. Now you don't. Well, you you do it a lot less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a couple of brands. Uh, it, it's, for example, we work with a couple of brands, like Diamond Fusion just being one of them, mm-hmm. where the water slips through the glass uh, a lot faster, sort of when you use Rain-X on your car. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, on your windshield. And um, and you do see it, but st- you still got to squeegee, but you squeegee faster. You don't have to do it, you, know, you don't have to do it so often. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I do it all. Like, you, know, you know you're a married man when your wife trains you to squeegee that shower. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and, even, and, and even though... You don't squeeze as much. You should be. You should be doing it because uh, um, it'll it'll make the life of your shower be a long longer. But it does make a difference. So yeah, it, it's it's good. And then there's some some other technology that it, you know. For example, now we have turtle glass in buildings that are that are by the coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so turtle, turtle glass. Yeah, because glass guides them guide themselves with uh, you know through the stars. So. So if they might get disoriented if, if, if they see the reflection of the stars on the buildings. So it's, it's actually glass that's made to help the turtles exactly. not get disoriented. Exactly. Okay. And so that's going to be a growing thing. Now there's also bird glass, you know. Uh, so <laughs> for all those kamikaze birds. Uh, yep. Yeah, we've seen a few. We've uh-huh. seen a few. So, you know, the, the, birds ha- uh, the bird glass has, like, patterns in, into the glass and... Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so they don't, so they don't they, hit it. They don't hit it. Wow. And then there's even some cooler glass that now has uh, solar panels inside it, so you could basically cover your building. And uh, and, I, and I just saw this one at the ex, at the glass expo last year. Uh, so you could cover your your building with with solar panel glass. Wow. And it, it's all a whole solar panel. You make the building a solar panel. It's That's it's crazy. amazing, and it looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, and it, you, it, there's you could do it in awnings and you can do it in you know in just the glass building. Mm-hmm. So I was asking actually the guys from from Vitro who are the uh, who, who are selling this kind of glass. And I was like, why don't, don't we see this in every building? This is amazing. And they were saying, well, number one, it, the glass is just one thing. the uh, The hardest part is how do you integrate it to the rest of the electrical system in the mm-hmm. building? Yeah. Like, oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. It's not like a plug and play sort of thing. Right. So. Well, that's interesting. So you obviously. You're you're the glass expert here, um, but you weren't always that, right? So you you you've had other jobs, and we yes. came from Mexico City, like we yep. talked about. I'd like to talk about your journey, kind of getting here for a second. Like, what you said, you were doing some construction on the side, but what was your main gig over Mexico? At the time, I had two uh, I had two main gigs. Number one, I was a fiscal consultant, uh, so you know I worked a, f- a family business um, in the sales area. A physical consultant? Fiscal. So oh, fiscal consultant. Yeah, so, okay. yeah. So, you know, designing strategies to mm-hmm. to legally pay less taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and uh, number two, uh, I was a, 
I had a catering business because uh, I'm I'm also a chef by trade. You know, I was uh, I studied I studied uh, culinary arts uh, with a CIA in Mexico, mm. which is the Culinary Institute of America, by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not Central Intelligence. Not, exactly, Intelligence not Central Intelligence Agency. And um, they so, had, so you're a CIA trained chef. I am CIA trained chef. Yes. Mm, wow. Yeah. And I, I mean, I did it for a long time. I did that for a long time. I, you know, I worked at several restaurants, hotels. I, I owned a bar. Owning a bar is, by the way, never as, as exciting as, as it looks. It's, it's not like watching Cheers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's a place where you don't want to know anybody's name, actually. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, so all this is, is, is in Mexico City? Yeah, yeah. All, all that was in Mexico City. Yeah. I actually also had a, at some point I had a, uh, I went into the has waste management business and I was there for several years, like for seven or eight years mm-hmm. doing has waste management. And uh, until Safety Clean, one of the largest companies here in the U.S. hired me to open a couple of, of, uh, of branches for them in Mexico. And wow. uh, yep. And uh, so we did that. And yeah, but I went back to catering and, and uh, the fiscal consulting. And then we decided to move to the U.S. And that's where we decided to switch into a different business. And uh, that, this is where we found that glass could be the business yeah. that we wanted to be in. So what made you decide? I mean, first of all, I'm curious about the steps on. So at one point you said, you know what, it's time. We're going to move to America. Yeah. Right. You and your family. Yes. We're going to go. And... Well, now you had to figure out what you wanted to do. Did you select this industry prior to that decision? Did you say, I want to go to America to do glass? Or you said, I'm going to go to America. Let's find something to do. For a long time, I've wanted to go into the home improvement industry. Mm-hmm. There, were, there were several doors we could have gone into, uh, pools or, or glass or lighting or whatever. You know, there, When we came here, well, it was during pandemic, so... Opening a restaurant was not was not was not even a good idea. It wasn't even on the table. So plus, I didn't want to be stuck in the restaurant for seven days a week. Right. And uh, I got two younger. I got two kids, and I really enjoy spending time with them in the, in the evenings and the weekends. So, yeah, uh, that's why the food industry was not. Yeah, you know, I I I like to cook. I, yeah. My my Instagram is nothing but food, yeah. and they, everyone's oh you should open a restaurant. I go, there's no way I'm going to open a restaurant. <laughs> I I enjoy my solitude. I enjoy my nights and weekends. Um, I don't want to have to work holidays. And, and and frankly, if I don't have to deal with customers, it's probably good. I'll eat it. I'll, I'll frequent a restaurant, but yeah, it, I, a, I always equate owning a restaurant to being a dairy farmer. Right. Every day, twice a day, 365 days a year, those cows got to be milked. Yeah. Yeah. There's no escape. There's no close off. There's no shutdown. There's just get up and do it again tomorrow. And then we realized that, you know, we thought that food industry was essential because we all eat, but apparently they're not essential. And during COVID, you know, they pulled the rug out from underneath their legs. But you know what was essential? Home services. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. And that's what we, that's what we took a look at. Great segue. Yep. No, it, it was. Uh, that's what we noticed. Home services were growing so much during the pandemic, and, if, and, and it makes sense. You know, the money that wasn't being spent on experiences like traveling or restaurants was being spent at home. Yeah, because that's where everybody was. It's a very noble. It's a very noble industry. Yeah. So you were you were looking around to do something yes. in home services. Yeah. And what other? You said you looked at several others. You had choices. We had choices. Yes. Uh, uh, we looked into some pool uh, in franchises. Okay, uh, 
and uh, what else? I mean, we looked into education franchises, but which is not in which is not uh, home improvement related. But um, then we found this one, and uh, we looked at the glass industry, and the glass industry has been growing straight up. I mean, without without exception, every year. Yeah. And uh, so was the franchise model the only thing you're thinking about? Like, like you wouldn't just buy a business here? Well, we knew that we could open a business organically and just grow it from start. Mm -hmm. But being that we were pursuing the E2 visa, it is well looked at. Uh, franchises are well looked at because they're well perceived because it's a proven model. Right. So to the person who's inspecting your business plan, a franchise gives him this kind of, it brings him peace of mind, if you may. Because mm -hmm. it's like, a, like I said, it's a proven model. So they know that you're most likely to succeed. Yeah, there's a level of confidence yes. that comes yes. fr from the customer's perspective. Yes. Well, exactly. if you're buying a successful franchise, then there's confidence that you have that this business will make money. Exactly. So that's why we decided to go with glass. I mean, the numbers looked all right. It had a differentiator, which is important. I mean, we were looking for a differentiator. Because you can buy a franchise, but... You got to look at the support that you're getting from the from corporate. You know the training that you're getting from corporate. I, I knew there were differences from glass in Mexico and the U.S. Oh. For example, in Mexico City, nobody has double pane glass. Oh, really? Two percent might have two might have uh, double pane glass, because Mexico City has a privileged weather. Nobody has AC. Nobody has Is that right? heating systems. No, it's uh, it's a great weather all year round. I mean, there there might be two or three weeks out of the year where you're like, oh. I'm a little hot, and you might turn a fan on, and that's enough. Or there might be two or three weeks out of the year where you're like, oh, it's chilly. I'll put on a jacket, and that's it. Yeah. Wow. Other than that, nobody, you don't need AC. or You, you know what? I never system. realized that. Mm -hmm. yep. How, so what is the altitude of Mexico City? I know it's it's like exists in a giant bowl. Yes. But it's sort of at altitude, it's right? It's about 2,000 meters, which is about <laughs> 6,000 feet mm -hmm. approximately. So it's a mile-high city. Yep, yeah. it is. Denver. Yep, yeah. yeah, it is. And uh, and it's it's in a valley, like you said. So we're surrounded by mountains. Yep. And uh, and it was built on a lake. <laughs> so oh, I've never been to Mexico City. No, no, I never have either. I'd love to go. I, I was, I Being was a foodie? Uh, yeah. and again, oh, it's a foodie city. Being that foodie, is right. It is a foodie city. Oh. It, it's it's oh. most worth it. I love Mexican food. Oh. <laughs> you, trust me, you want to go to Mexico because... You'll not only get Mexican food. The great thing about eating in Mexico City is that you could get premium restaurants and pay a an average ticket compared yeah, to here. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, if, if there's one cuisine, we we joke about at lunch and stuff. It's like if I could just eat one cuisine the rest of my life, yes, what would that uh, be? Mexican. Yes, hands down, Mexican. I love, yeah. I love essentially Texican. I think I'm not objective with that, so I'll say Mexican as well. <laughs> yeah. Well. Texican's good, yeah. But after spending a little bit of time in, in Cancun, I had some really good authentic. Like the chef was delicious. He was amazing. You know what? I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna make a. I'm gonna put together a trip to to Mexico for anybody who wants to sign up, and we're gonna go. It's just gonna be about food. Food tour. Food tour. I'm and, hungry already. And a lot of walking in between, just to make ourselves more hungry for the next lunch. Mm -hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we can't just eat all day, so we, we got to... No, we had a friend that used to do that. He'd have three breakfasts every morning, <laughs> yeah. just meeting with people. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but actually, I'm actually going to do that. Yeah, That's a good idea. Oh, yeah. I might have to... Yeah, if, you, if, you, if I'm with someone from Mexico City, 
Like, show me the rules. That's what you would want. I think yeah. I'm in. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. All right. So you decided that you're 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 going to do the Glasgow Rouge. You have to do an E2 visa because yep. you want to come here. So obviously, there's laws and things you're bound to. Right. That. Um, so you've it's, it's you, your wife, and your wife. You said still works remotely at her current job. Yes. In Mexico. Uh, yep. My wife is a buyer for a department store in Mexico, and she's still working there nice. uh, remotely. So. Yeah, she's she's blessed in that sense, and uh, so she she's at home with the kids. Mm-hmm. That's which is great, because um, <laughs> that my wife was asking uh, before we moved. My uh, my wife asked uh, one of her best friends from college what it was like living in the U.S. because yeah. she had moved to to New York, and she said living the American dream is moving from a five star hotel into a do it yourself sort of thing. <laughs> mm. You know, in Mexico, we used to have a nanny because it was affordable, uh. <laughs> and we would have, and she could cook, and she could do their, she would do her house and whatever. And um, <laughs> you come here, <laughs> and none of that. Exactly. You know, I remember when we bought our house in Mexico. We had a little garden. It was actually a very small garden, but it was really, I really enjoyed it. So, you know, I, I, I felt very uh, into the gardening spirit, and uh, so I went and Home Depot and bought all my tools and. Uh, you know, I said, I'm going to do all my gardening. It was, and I did for the first two or three times. And I spent four hours gardening and I ended up sweating and it was, <laughs> I was really tired. And then I asked my parents as a gardener, I said, hey, Carmelo, how, would, how much would you charge me to do my little garden here? I said, that, all that? I'll put it in dollars. So he said, yeah, for that, about $10. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the last day I did gardening at my house, <laughs> and uh, Carmelo was the one who did it. And, uh, and I would say, "Hey, you know, what? I'm going to pay you for the next two months up front. Here you go, yeah. and just uh, take care. Drop of in it. whenever you want. Just take care of it." And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, we we were kind of joking off air before we we started recording uh, that you're obviously you're Mexican, but your accent isn't. Isn't strong. I said I live in Vegas, and there's a lot of Mexicans in Vegas, and a lot of thick accents. Yep. Um, although I will tell you a quick story. I was in Texas, and I saw the most Mexican-looking Mexican guy. <laughs> if you if you could picture a Mexican guy, little darker. Uh-huh. I mean, like he had every. He wasn't a sombrero, but it was uh-huh. a cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah. And he went to open his mouth to talk, and you thought you were going to hear Speedy Gonzalez right, you know, right, right. talking, and he goes, "Howdy, partner. Welcome." <laughs> and I was like. I was blown away. Yeah. I was just like, it's like that voice does not match (laughs) the face. So you obviously don't sound very. You can't count on it. Obviously your your Spanish does, but. Yeah. So curious, um, I think you said there was lots lots of good cartoons. Is that what? Yeah. I mean, my mom hated us watching so much TV, but, um, you know, Mexican TV is really bad. So we relied on cable <laughs> ever since we were young. And so my brothers and, well, and, and I would, would watch cartoons every Saturday. We would watch basically everything. I mean, we watched, <laughs> we watched The Price is Right. Yeah. Whenever, we, we, whenever we were sick and we had to stay at home mm-hmm. during a school day, we would watch all the, you know, all those contest shows, you know, The Price is sure, Right. And, and game shows. Oh, yeah. the game shows, right. And yeah. uh, you'd be surprised at how much the U.S. culture permeates to Mexico. Yeah. It, Brutally, I mean, especially now with the media and everything, it's uh, yeah, yeah. So now that you're 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 chill, are they just boys? You have two boys, girl boy, girl boy. Yeah. Now have they acclimated? They're they thick accent, no accent. They doing well. It's funny. I thought my girl still has an accent, mm-hmm. and um, and she still speaks Spanish. And at the well, we, we try to speak Spanish in the house. Yeah. It's funny because in Mexico, 
And my mom would always speak to us in English, even though her she does have an accent. She would speak to us in English because she always said that we needed two languages. Yeah, smart so, lady. Yeah, and so we did the same thing with our kids. So at home, we would always speak to the kids in English. We would watch everything in English, cartoons, movies, everything in English. So they were always, you know, in school, they were always the best in English. Right. But when we moved here, we're like, okay, so now we're going to have to switch that. So in... At the house, we always speak in Spanish. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and actually, the one who's having a hard time doing that is my youngest because he's only five. And we've been here for, well, they moved in like two years and, two years and a half, two, two years ago, most likely. So basically, he's, he's been here for most of his life. I mean, right, at least yeah. 40% of his life. Yes. You can, you can tell that his, navy, his native uh, language is going to be English. And you can tell that because of the way he structures his sentences and the way he puts his adjectives and his nouns together. Yep. You know, in Mexico, regularly, you do it the other way. It, he, he, you would say here, a red car. So you put the, the adjective first and, yes. the, and the noun second. In Mexico, we regularly do it the other way around. In el carro rojo, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, you right. first put the, 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 the noun and then you do the adjective. Yeah. Yes. So the way he starts structuring his, his sentences and, and his, uh, you know, everything, you can tell that he's now thinking in English. Okay. And mm -hmm. Translating it into Spanish. And well, which I'm sure is quite normal because he's been to yeah. school, the, the television he watches, yeah. you guys speak everything So at home. So it's it, it's really funny. It, it, you know, it's, it's funny and it, it's really, really cool. Want to become a business owner but not sure where to start? A hole-in-the-wall drywall repair franchise could be the opportunity you've been waiting for. As a franchisee, you'll have access to our comprehensive training program, ongoing support, and a proven business model developed to help entrepreneurs like yourself succeed. With our low overhead costs and high demand for services, you'll be able to hit the ground running and start generating income quickly. Achieve financial success while providing a valuable service to your community. Go to holeinthewallfranchising.com and take the first steps towards achieving your entrepreneurial dreams. How did you land in Orlando? That's why, a good one. Yeah, why'd you choose here? Well, uh, my brother lives here. So he worked for Siemens at the time. Um, and uh, in the end, so when we decided to move, we pondered several cities. So we pondered Canada, the U.S., and uh, Europe. Okay. Uh, and, wow. Uh, yep. That, that's the first time I've heard of somebody coming in who said, no, 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 we were looking further afield. Yeah, yeah we, we pondered several cities around the world, and uh, we really put our, our, our mind into it because, you know, moving is a big decision. Whenever anybody moves from their country, it's, there's, a big there's a big reason why they're moving. Okay. I, you know, no, here's the thing. Nobody wants to leave their country. Nobody wants to leave their home. Uh, for an adventure, yes. Hey, it's fun. Let's go to college. Let's, right. you know, let's, let's do it a couple of years. But home always calls, mm. and it's hard. Um, so when we were pondering where to go, uh, you know, Orlando had a lot of advantages that other places didn't. For okay. example, you got several flights from Mexico to Orlando every day, yeah. you know, yep. because of Disney. And, uh, so we're close to the family. You know, my parents still live in Mexico. My mm -hmm. sister lives in Mexico. Um, it's just a direct flight, right? It's a direct flight. It's mm -hmm. a direct flight. You've got several of them of a day. So, you know, you're always thinking in case of an emergency or anything. You need to go, you need to fly there, or somebody needs to fly here. Uh, you got direct flights. Uh, my brother lives here, so we live three minutes away, which is great. I mean, we've been here several times visiting my brother. So at the end of the day, was it just family that pulled you here? If, I were, think, were there things in other countries that, like, perhaps Canada or Europe, you just like, eh, no. 
Well, it, there's no perfect place in the world. Okay. Canada offers a lot of advantages. Their their health system offers. I don't. I, I don't. I would never say it's better or worst. It just it depends on where you're standing, where you can take more advantage of it or not, or you know. So Canada offers a lot with health um, service in it. Right. Yeah. And uh, so does Europe. Mm-hmm. With Canada, I'm thinking you have an obvious climate adjustment there. That, that, that was the other one. I, I, I was actually very inclined to go to Canada because I'm a cold sort of, you know, I like oh, the okay. cold. Yeah. And, my, and my wife isn't, so you could tell whose opinion yeah, wait, yeah, more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he burned his coat and moved to Orlando. <laughs> exactly. I have always had problems with the heat, but my wife has always had problems with the cold. Sure. And, uh, and uh, in the end, uh, my opinion wasn't that important, <laughs> apparently. So, but in the end, my brother was here. It made sense, uh, like a family, and and also, there is no place like the U.S. to open a business. I think I've never opened one in Europe, so I can't really tell. But the size of the economy in the U.S. is surprising. Yeah, no, it just it absolutely dwarfs everything else, and and you don't feel it unless you've like you don't know what what you don't know what health feels until you've been unhealthy. Mm. You know, it's sort of the same thing with the economy. And a friend of mine said it the right way. You know. A friend of mine moved from Mexico City to Puerto Vallarta in Mexico, Mm -hmm. which is a very small beach. You know, it's a very small town. It's nice beaches, of course, but it's a very small touristic town. And uh, he moved there. And once we went to all all of my friends from high school, you know, my group of friends from high school went to visit him to Puerto Vallarta. And he said something that really clicked. He was telling us, because, you know, we were all complaining about how difficult it is to do business in Mexico City and blah, 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 and the insecurity, and uh, there's never enough business, and their vendors, and their employers, and their whatever, employees, and uh, everything. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, he interrupted us and said, look, guys, you don't realize the size of the economy of, of, the economy of Mexico City because you are used to it. You don't know anything else. Here in, in Puerto Vallarta, if we drove... On the main avenue, you would see two two places that are open, two closed, another open, another closed, blah, blah, blah. He said, in Mexico City, the economy is so big that the, you guys are building restaurants underneath the bridges because there's no room to build. Mm. That's how big the, the economy in Mexico City is. Mm. And I said, you know what? You're right. If you want to compare it, being in Puerto Vallarta is like driving a, one of those old Beatles. If you move to Mexico City, you feel like dri- you're driving a Jetta. But then when you move to the U.S., you're like, you feel like you're driving a Ferrari. Interesting. It's, mm. you, you feel it. I mean, if I would have opened this business in Mexico City, it would have taken me years to get where I'm at right now. Mm. I think that a lot of immigrants do value that because we know, we've seen the other, the other side. Okay. We often comment that. At you know, whenever I'm having lunch with friends that come from abroad, they we always say, you know, the people here in the U.S. don't know what they have. They don't value the economy that they have. It's understandable, but right. for us moving, we do feel it. We feel the speed of the economy here. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, that could go on either way because you can grow really fast or you can go under really fast. Yep. Right. Uh huh. Because just as you're making more money, you're also spending a lot more money. Yeah. So you can go under really fast, but you you feel it. So if you drive carefully, mm-hmm. and that means being a, a smart business owner, you can really thrive here in the U.S. Yeah. I think that that, that energy is actually, and James and I had this conversation a couple weeks ago, 
um, uh, that energy is part of the um, American fabric, yeah. you know, of the culture. I read a book a couple of years ago, and it was about the building of the Erie Canals. This was done 200 years ago. Okay. And they had a gentleman come from Europe to consult on the project. And when they got off the boat in New York, they were like, this entire country is just teeming with energy. Everyone is involved in an enterprise. Everybody is doing yeah. something. And I realized then, reading that book a couple of years ago, that that, is, that literally is part of the American culture. There's no, there's no other way our, our economy is so much larger than mm -hmm. all other economies in the world. Yeah. And we're just buzzing. Yeah. Yep. And like yeah. you said, it's a culture. It's, it's, yes. It's, 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 it's in the fabric. It's people yes. want to thrive. People... People want to to open a business. If you want to open a business, you can. Mm -hmm. You know, there's ways to do it. The financing tools are here. Permit wise, you can open a, you can open a business here in two hours. Yeah. Yes. In certain countries, it'll you know, for example, in Mexico, it'll take you a couple of days or a couple of months to actually get you know a lot of things uh, structured to open your yeah. business. There's a definitely different pace here. Yes. Than than yeah. you know, other countries. I lived in Africa for a little while, and um, I came in as the really large white guy in a sea of, of the Africans in Zambia. And I basically had to sit all of my employees down because we ran a mission. And I said, I want you to understand, I'm a fast-talking American. I just, I, just, I just talk fast. I do things differently. And it's not because I don't respect your cultures, because their greetings <clears> – <throat> If you greet somebody in Africa, it literally is, oh, Muli Shani, oh, Amkwai, Amkwai Shani. And so they, there's this big, every time you see somebody, yeah. it is a huge greeting. And so I'm, I'm walking through my compound, and I'm like, <laughs> hi. you know. And so I had to sit them all down and go, listen, I want you to know that when I say hi, know that in my heart I'm doing your greeting. <laughs> know that it's my, just a super condensed version. Yeah, it's just, it's, I know that I want to, but I, my brain is just working fast. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking differently because I come from a different country. And they all had to get used to it. So I would have workers walk, bona, bona, bona. Hi. And raise hand and turn around and leave. Um, because it, it was just, I had to, and I had to really kind of learn to slow down a little bit because I was not, I was freaking people out. You know, it's like I'm, I'm doing things at the American pace. Yeah. And over there, I mean, what's your rush? You yeah, know? exactly. Like, what, right. What, what, what are you rushing for? Well, Life will still be there when you get done. Absolutely. Listen, yeah. I, I, I don't want to run anywhere. Yeah. I'm being chased true. by an animal or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so coming in here, opening a business, you've been in business now three years? Almost three years Almost now. Almost three yeah. years. Almost three years. You got to have some... Some some lessons you've learned, some things that you wish you would have done differently, uh, some good wins. <laughs> share, share with some us some changes bit. in the pipe now. Like yeah. I'm not doing it that way again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, fortunately, I had already opened a couple of businesses in Mexico, like I said, the bar and the the uh, the has waste management. Mm -hmm. So that does give you experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Doesn't matter what. Doesn't matter the business that you're opening. You know, you're opening a business, and you already know the drill. But therefore, you're also afraid because there's things you know you're not considering and you don't know what they are. <laughs> yeah, it's the you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Factor. You know, you and, and, and we and we all have a little bit of, of an ego and you think that if you open another business tomorrow, you know better. And you probably do, right? Probably would. Yeah. And uh, but I know that it's going to be hard. And I know that we're and here's the thing. You don't know what mistakes you're going to make. You try you try to foresee it. You try to calculate but you just you're just afraid that things are not going to go your way. So, um, 
things that I would have liked to do different. Oof. A lot of them have to do with technical issues. Um, that's that's one of them. I got into a very technical business, mm-hmm. and I knew that I was getting into a technical business. Um, so I would have. Number one, I think that if you're going to go into it very, the more technical it is, spend more time prior opening the business, learning those technicalities. Mm-hmm. Good point. It, it do that. It's worth it. I mean, the first year, the, my mindset for the first year was, I'm not going to concern myself about sales. I'm not going to concern myself about revenue. I'm going to concern myself about learning. This gonna, the first year is going to be just about learning. So I'm going to try to go into all the kind of jobs that I can, the different ones, you know, controlled, of course, you know, in, in, a, in a control environment, you know, not try to do something that I can't. And but I'm going to try to do as much possible, you know, cover myself, sure, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, the first year was all about paying the, the learning curve. And we know we all like to, to use the phrase pay the learning curve. You just don't realize that you're literally paying with money. For that curve, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and, and, and the, the sweat part is okay. It's the money part that really hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but you do pay for it, and that's something that you gotta learn and you gotta contemplate. Also, one thing that I was happy that I did is when you open a new business, you gotta understand that you, ha- you gotta have deep pockets. You might either have some money saved or some other income. I still I still manage a couple of customers here from Mexico, so that's helped. Uh huh. I didn't have to jump from zero to hundred in one day, right? Which is great. In again, in my case, there's a lot of lines of business. Mm-hmm. Showers being one of them, for example. Sure. And shower regularly, showers are expensive. You know, uh, a new shower, a new family shower can go anywhere from twelve hundred dollars to let's say three thirty five hundred, four thousand dollars, depending on the, on how big it is, or whatever. So if you have a go back, it's very costly, you know? Yeah, we, we say that about our business as well. The bigger the yeah. job, the bigger the hiccup. If you, yeah. if, you yeah. have a, if you have a bad experience or something doesn't go right on the job, yep. if it's a small job, you just gloss over it, you take care of it, and you pass it in a day or two. But if you have yeah. a large job yeah. where you have, and we call it a, a hickey, but if you take a big hickey on a, a job, Mm-hmm. Like that, you could be several weeks digging out of that hole. Yeah. Yes, and, our, and our, our issue would be labor. But for you, a, a pane of glass you have to replace. That's yeah. very costly. Yeah, for, for us, yeah, exactly. Because uh, I mean, a pane of glass can be several hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So to have to go back, just to go back, it takes a long time. Because to take to take a shower apart takes a long time. So you know you're going to spend. At least a half a day in a go back, mm-hmm. and then if you've got to replace a piece of glass, add that into it. Right. Yeah. So it's very expensive. So yeah, and then you have to also factor in the cost, the time opportunity cost. You yes. could have been out exactly. creating fresh revenue. Yes. Right. So, so so even though those showers are seem to be very appealing, and it's probably where there's the most competitors at. Out of all my lines of business, I would say that the the one that has the most competitors is the shower business yeah. because everybody wants the big tickets, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. You, you know, it's, it's not the same to make a 20% profit on a hundred dollars than it is on 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, yeah. I understand that. And, uh, but then there's also, that's also uh, the line of business where you get the most go backs to. I'm curious if you have uh, any regrets having chosen the glass business 
Every day. Is that right? Every day. Every have, day. Have you since seen another but, business that you thought, I, you think now maybe but I should I re- have done that? Well, here's the thing. But I know that it doesn't matter which line of business I would have gone to. I would, I would have regretted it every day. Okay. <laughs> so, so you know. It's a good point. You de- Yeah. You deal with the punches. And, uh, you know, every day I have my good moments. I enjoy them. I, 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 I enjoy my victories. And every day, I, you know, when, when there's something wrong, I'm like, you know what? This this too shall pass. Yeah, <laughs> but every now now you know it's a it's, good attitude. You know it's uh, uh, I, I and, and I learned this because uh, I was visiting a customer in, Me- in Mexico who owns schools, and I've always thought that schools is a are a really, a really good business to have. Well, number one, it could be a good business, but then again, every business could be a good business if you manage it properly. Sure, right? He owns schools. He owns schools, exactly. In he Mexico, owns, like so, like educational schools. Yeah, like educational private really? schools. Yeah. Okay. I said, man, I really envy you. You have this great school, blah, blah. I, I mean, I really envy you. He's like, I'll sell it to you right now. Mm. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, I'm fed up with it. Oh, my goodness. And, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me about all the, I mean, all that he has to put up with, you know, with the authorities, you know, uh, you know with the schooling authorities, which are a pain. But then again, I was in the environmental business. And the environmental authorities were also a pain. Yeah. And in the transport business, well, the transport authorities are also a pain. So I learned that, you know what? It doesn't matter which, which business you're in. They're all pains. They're all pains. Yeah. But Yeah, you know, a wise man once told me, no matter what business you get in, yeah. it has its own brand of headaches. <laughs> yep. The key, he told me, is to get into a business that has the kind of headaches you don't mind dealing with. Right. And you know what? And a lot of it is a, is a yes. And a lot of it is a, a good attitude. And you deal with the punches. And, uh, you know, it's you realize that it doesn't matter what business you're in. Everybody, when I owned the bar, everybody was like, oh, I, I, I envy you so much. And I, was, I would go like, I'll sell it to you right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'll sell it to you right now. Uh, so it doesn't matter what business you're in. Uh, you're going to get the headaches. and uh, But you keep your eyes on the prize and you just, you know, just... Also, try to enjoy the ride. Sure, you know, yeah. I really enjoy what I do. I enjoy, I enjoy going to a customer and advising him and giving him the best advice. And and when and when I see a happy customer, I am. Re- I mean, that puts a smile on me. Mm-hmm. You know, when we know we did a good job. When he said, what, I, sometimes he just says, "Hey, thank you. This was more than I expected." Mm. That is that is plenty. Well, that in the in the check, of course, but but uh, that's what you want. Because so it doesn't really matter what, what business you're in. Yeah, enjoy it as much as you can. Because if you think you're going to go uh, to a business where there's going to be no headaches, you're just kidding yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If one of our listeners wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way? Well, number one, want to contact me directly? He can call to my cell phone, which is four zero seven four nine seven three six one six, and just tell me that he he listened to us uh, in this podcast and. Uh, if he needs any advice or if he needs a, an estimate or he wants to learn more, he can just contact me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll always be glad to to, to be of service. Do you uh, have a website? We do. It just just Google the Glass Guru. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, the, it's the largest growing franchise yeah. in glass. So just just Google the Glass Guru and you'll find us. Uh, yeah. There's probably a Glass Guru near you. Yeah, theglassguru.com yep. is the main site. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. We are in our, we're in Southeast Orlando and we serve service all of the areas. So yeah, just let us know. You know, uh, I mean, a lot of things that we do, for example, are mirrors, which, by the way, is a really good line of business for us. Mm-hmm. I love mirrors, especially those big projects like for gyms and 
Oh, those we love those. Yeah, uh, you know. So mirrors, uh, we do uh, a lot. Like I said, we do a lot of showers. We do a lot of. Um, uh, well, now we're going to storefront, uh, tabletops, you know, and uh, just foggy windows, mm. which is which is something that I learned here. You know, there's a lot of foggy windows. Double pane windows will go bad eventually, and they'll get foggy because of the moisture that goes in, and you got to replace them, whether it's today or the day you sell your house. So if you're going to pay for it, you might as well fix it today and enjoy it, not the day you sell your house, and that'll be, that's it. Um so yeah, I mean, any, anything, anything glass related, just give us, give us a call, and we'll gladly awesome. help you. Yeah, good advice, Marcos. Thanks for being here today. That was great. Yeah, thanks for Love dropping more by. About it was you. real nice being with you guys. Honestly, yeah, yeah absolutely. We'll talk again soon. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Another great show. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Hole in the Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. We'd love for you to join our Facebook group and keep the conversation going. If you'd like to learn more about us and our business, check us out at holeinthewall.com. If you'd like to learn more about how to start a hole-in-the-wall franchise, go to holeinthewallfranchising.com.